Decoding today, the French freestyle motocross rider Tom Pages. Hey guys, I'm Mathias Dandois. And thank you guys for tuning in on the Decoding Athlete podcast with Red Bull. I'm a BMX professional rider and eight times world champion. I travel over 200 days a year and I live in between Paris and New York City. I started to ride BMX when I was 12 years old and I've been unable to turn left since then. I started this podcast because I want to find out what does it really take to become an extraordinary athlete and inspire other young talents to become incredible. I've talked to trail legend Danny McCaskill, the professional snowboarder Scotty James and the rally driver Katie Munnings. If you've missed these episodes, make sure to subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every other podcast app. You can watch the video version of the podcast and the vlogs on my YouTube channel. We'll link it all below in the show notes. For today's episode, I met up with French freestyle motocross rider Tom Pages in the middle of nowhere in Spain. Tom is definitely the most talented rider of his generation. He has multiple wins at X-Fighters, and he has so much X-Game medal I can't count them anymore. Most of all, he's the most innovative athlete on a motorbike ever. All the tricks he does in his run, he invented them. When everyone is doing backflip, he's doing every other trick possible and makes FMX like an art. Tom is going to give you so much good advice on how to become a better rider. He told me how he overcame his fear to do backflips, why he's spending all of his earnings in his riding compound, and how he dealt with the crash of his brother and the death of one of his best friends. It's an incredible pleasure to have you on Decoding Athletes today. All the way from France, Tom Pages. Hello everyone, just got seated in um, Tom Pages' garage, which is more of a Dream Man Cave, we are surrounded by uh, eight freestyle motocross, a buggy, uh, we have a crazy road bike, tools, smells like oil, but it's a dream sitting here with Tom Pages, who is, uh, in my opinion, um, the best uh, freestyle motocross rider in the world. He has uh, six uh, X Games medal, has won uh, multiple X Fighters, and it's my absolute pleasure to get to interview uh, one of my uh, heroes. Hmm. Tom Pages. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for coming and it's my pleasure to have you here. I wouldn't say that much thing about myself, but, uh, but I'm, but I'm I take to it, say it. But I take it, <laughs> even if not really true. <laughs> it is true. Welcome here. It's my dreamland. Trying to make it as good as possible so I enjoy every day, living every day, and as much as good as possible so, so people enjoy being here. Yep. We're going to try to uh, to go through a little bit of your life. I'm going to try to pick up your, your brain a little bit and, uh, and see like, what did it take you to become such a superhuman? Man is, I hope, because it's the first time we do interview together. So I hope your question is not too scary. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'll be trying to reply, uh, as good as possible. My best. Not too stupid. You live in Spain now, but, uh, you, uh, you didn't grow up in Spain, huh? I grew up in Nantes. That's where everything started. BMX, model, uh, my life. How long have you been living in Nantes? 
I've been living in Nantes for 15 years and then I moved outside of Nantes with my parents. And that's where I started to ride bikes, actually, because you don't do motocross in the center of the city. No, yeah, right. No, it's forbidden. I don't know why, actually, because it should, it could be fun. <laughs> it could be fun. And, um, yeah, at the beginning, I was more, uh, when I was in Nantes, BMX, skate park, street, more like riding the street with my BMX. And, uh, with your brother? With my bro, yeah. My bro was a bit older than me, so obviously he was already on dirt. And I was more skate park, I think. But at the same time, we were racing. And then uh, when we moved out of the city in a bigger house and uh, with a bit of land, we started to do motocross. And uh, after getting more skills on the motocross, it became obvious that the BMX tricks, we had to do it on the on the motor. That's how I came. Do your parents have a BMX or a moto background? My mom, not much. <laughs> But my dad uh, used to ride uh, motocross a little bit. Okay. Like, uh, just a little bit. He had a bike, but I don't think he, he was far away from being that good. But he loved it. And, but it's, you know, it's when you have three kids, because we are three brothers, it's hard to buy a, a moto to, to all of them. Yeah. So my brother started uh, motocross when he was 18, when he started to work, actually. So he bought his first bike. Charles? Yeah, yeah, Charles. And, uh, pretty, pretty late. Yeah, Charles started, he was uh, 18. I did start motocross around uh, 15, 16 years old and freestyled five years after I was 20. And my brother was 24. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's pretty recent. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to start a sport and Trying to do it professionally when you're 20, it's a bit late in general. <laughs> you were done with high school when you started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even think I went to high school. <laughs> I did you... my maximum at school. I mean, I stayed a really long time at school, but I w didn't go so far. It means like... Uh, you I were was, doubling? Yeah, doubling a couple of times. You were just not made for school. I mean, I don't think school really fit to me. What I loved at school was sports, arts, and uh, the thing that is really pointless to have the exam when you have the, the normal uh, way of school. And that's why it took me out easy. And because obviously my brother was my example and he was really bad at school, obviously being the, the small one, you follow your brother. So even if I could have made it probably, I didn't want to make it. Yeah, Because yeah. my brother didn't make it. So didn't, you didn't graduate? No, no, no. I gr graduated nothing. When I was actually, when I stopped school at 1920, I went to work, but not on what I was studying. I went to work, uh, like, something uh, different, something different yeah. like construction or whatever yeah. it was back in the day. Your parents were fine with it? Well, what, what your parents were thinking about it? Well, I don't think they, they did, we didn't talk much about that. Um, they let us do what we wanted to. We, they let us express ourselves. And that's why maybe we are here today because they knew what, like my brother, I, we were creative and uh, my mom loved this. Even like, uh, sometimes it's a bit, I think, scary when you are parents because you don't know where it's gonna take your, your kids. But we already started a BMX model, so we love the competition racing. Uh, we love sports, so we were pretty healthy kids, even if it's, uh, we're not that talented at school. No, I know. <laughs> you still have a healthy life, which is important. 
I know your parents uh, have been like helping you a bunch, uh, especially after your brother crash and like everything like that. I mean, it's the big, big help for my parents. Sure, like if you have parents, like my parents, it's it helped a lot. Like my dad is crazy, so that's really helping for freestyle. <laughs> and my mom is really smart, so that's really helping for company stuff, emails. All that bill I don't want to do. Like incredible. My mom does the exact same thing for me. Man, it's like it's, she, she, uh, all the time I win because of her. It's like all the time I'm more, more time on my bike. You know, some friends does every, uh, every stuff for the company. And, uh, sometimes there's some days you cannot ride, you know, for sure. And, uh, so I have uh, the craziness of my dad and, uh, the smart. The smartness of your mom. No, I don't have it, but she, she keep it and she does it. <laughs> she does it. <laughs> this is amazing. It's crazy when you see a footage of uh, your parents now at competition. You can tell they are frightened sometimes and they must think like, why did we let them do that? And what, what do you think they think right now that you do all this uh, crazy thing? I think trick? at the beginning they got a little bit scared of um, where it's gonna, uh, it would take us. But they saw right away that we were taking everything serious, practicing not partying the day before. That's what I mean. When you are not destroying stuff, like, I don't know, drinking alcohol or doing drugs, or, uh, like as parents, if my kid was doing something positive and expressing himself, I would let him do that. And I feel like for me, my parents was the same way as your parents. They let me express myself. And then, you know, they see that I was not doing something bad. So they they just like, I feel like parents are really important uh, for, yeah, for that. I think, I think like seeing your parents with a good life, they're always the example of your life. And, uh, at the beginning with my bro, it started like, when you start a sport, when you're 20 or 24, like my brother, you already have a life basically, you mm -hmm. know, so you don't know what's it's, what is an professional athlete life at this time. We were trying to, to, to ride and everything is every weekend. Normally we, um, we went out with a friend, you know, and he was the one who didn't go out and was practicing as much as possible was progressing more, you know? So at the end, that's how we stop going out with the friend and then <laughs> and pushing each other and pushing each other. Yeah. Your, your bro, your brother was a, a really big part of uh, who you are right now. Wow. My brother has been uh, inspiring me since I'm little, you know, when you're like super small, if he's uh 10, if I'm six, this is a big gap, a big difference, you know, when For you sure. ride bikes, when you are mm -hmm. racing BMX, whatever, more you get old, more the gap is, uh, getting smaller. You don't see any difference, like, uh, after when you're 30. But at the beginning, he was the one who was trying all the gaps, all the jump, taking all the risk for the little brother. And I saw my brother crashing, getting injured, trying things that I could have tried before. So that's made me grow up faster because I see like, wow, why is it, why is he the one who was taking risk for others? Wow. You think for your brother took too much risk? I think he, he, sometimes he had to, like, he has been saving me for a long time. Like, it's like, if he has, we, we made a new jump, we don't know the speed. Like, it's, um, so you don't know on the first jump if you're going to be all right. And sometimes he was crashing and I was, because I was waiting for him to jump. We're on the bike. We don't talk. We do the, the testing in run, testing speed. And it was, he got bored of me waiting, turning around. He's like, <laughs> oh, I'm going. And sometimes he jumped and it was not fine. And when I saw like the speed he was taking was too fast, I could clear the jump perfect, but he was taking the first risk and it was been like this for a long time. Whoa. And then when I decided to take the more risk, that's when I grew up. 
With this situation, did you feel uh, any kind of uh, guilt seeing your brother taking all the risk and, uh, yeah. and being like, oh, I need to step up or, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the moment, you don't feel guilty because you're scared. And it be, it's a bit normal because he always been doing this for me. And he's the, the older brother. Yeah, he's the old, older brother. Even if there's this, this little competition between each other every day, riding, it was like this. And then started the, having a better level and we traveled with my brother, big competition, and we met Ego Sato, the Japanese mm -hmm. rider. Yeah. And I noticed that he was doing the same, but the same at the competition. So the other rider were against him for the competition, but he was still doing this effort to save them. Okay. You know, like, okay, well, I'm going to go first because if you guys crash, I won't like it. So I'm going to go first. So I've learned a lot from the Japanese culture, which was Egosato and my brother. So those two examples made who I am now, you know. Wow, that's incredible. And now I feel like it is my turn. So when we go to a competition, there's like a big, huge park, like a Red Bull X-Fighter. And you think like, okay, this jump is scary. Like, who's going to go first? We look at each other. I'm like, okay, I'm going because why are they going to take the risk from me? So sometimes it's your turn. So that's what I've learned from them. They kind of pass the torch to you. Yeah. To like, a, to the, the, the burning torch that you don't, you hold it, but you don't want to hold it. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. So mo moving on, like you moved away from Nantes to uh, Southwest of France. Yeah. Where you could uh, train with your brother in order to get better. Getting better on the motorcycle was always competition driven or it was for something else for the competition with your brother or the competition against yourself. What was it at the beginning? At first, the competition always has always been against my brother. It's to me, it was, yeah, always has been better than me. Was it always positive or was it negative sometimes? Yeah, it like? was negative sometimes for sure. Like yeah? it's, uh, It was positive the way that uh, we wanted to progress. We help each other, but I wanted to to be as good as him. Like it's, I never thought I could be better because he was ahead of me so much because more skills, crazier, everything. And then I was following, but I was maybe watching more because he was head down. And when you head down, you don't look around. Yeah. And then I was behind and like, what is happening? That's some how I progress. Some, some kind of jealousy, maybe a little bit at some point. I don't know. Like we don't, we didn't talk to each other, but I guess sometimes he got jealous of me because I could make things. And yeah, I don't know. It's a, it has been a really hard relationship with my brother. Okay. Yeah. From the beginning. And I think now that he's not riding, we're living better. I know what you mean. And uh, he's, he's my brother. He was not my friend, you know, okay. we're just brother. Yeah. That's, that's the, the, the story. But we've been living together. We've been, uh, uh, you know, when we live in the southwest of France, uh, we've been practicing every single day together. We've been pushing each other and that's, um, brought us to the best level mm -hmm. in only two years. I know. That's crazy. And that brings you to 2007 where you win your first, uh, freestyle motocross competition. Yeah. In, uh, one that's in Nîmes. The first big freestyle in France, pretty much. How did it feel to win that first competition? Your brother was riding this competition? No, my brother, no, my brother was not riding because at this time, it was only two years we've been riding and the, the big international shows, they didn't want to take two brothers. Okay. That's where unknown in the public. So they had to take 
super big name in the sport and we were the rookies that could fill up uh, just a place that nobody had. At this time, I was just the only one who was in the public enjoying the show okay, and saying like, you could do better. Yeah. And that's it. And then when I won the competition with uh, Jeremy Lusk, American, Danny Torres, which was the best rider in the world back in the day, it's awesome. Is it a turning point uh, to your career when you win a competition Because you looked up to all these guys yeah. when you grew up. And when you look up to all these guys and suddenly beat them at a competition, how does that feel? You know, you practice a lot. And at the beginning, just a game. You're just happy to be able to do those tricks at the competition, whatever the result is going to be. I was not on the, the same mind as now. Like uh, now if I go to a competition, I enjoy, but pretty much only enjoy if I do well yeah. <laughs> and before I even if I made a mistake I was happy still and now it's a bit different I need to do to be on the podium it's exactly the same for me if like, I don't enjoy competition if I don't win <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I didn't want to say it now but <laughs> yeah I have to win like um this year when I practiced for his game it was only to be on the first step for yeah, sure we will get back to that a little bit later you in 2007 you are the first guy to pull a, a double grab backflip Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We do, uh, this, not the same sport, but this, the same thing. Like it's, uh, you have to be innovating pretty much. And when I discovered the sport, I was looking up the, uh, to the guy who were innovating. This, what is my motivation? And, uh, after two years of writing, I was trying to do pretty much every tricks that exist. Mm -hmm. And I did, I was, The first one try to do a flip and catching the seat. The, the seat with two, two hands. Two hands. So yeah, like yeah, for yeah. the listeners, like you basically take the eject, do a backflip. So like a, a backflip and then put your two hands off the handlebar, grab the side of the motorcycle. Yeah. And then you got to pull again and grab the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. grips. And, and I know that at the beginning, move. it seemed a bit unreal and even it's easier for a rookie, I guess, because when you do the sport for a long, long time, You think that move is gonna be impossible because you think that's gonna stop the rotation. So the guy who were riding for a long time, were doing flip for a long time. It's like back in the day, they thought like the earth was flat. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> And they, the guys thought like this trick is gonna be impossible because we're gonna stay upside down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. And me, I, I believe in nothing because I had done nothing. So I had everything to do. We had a really bad form pit at my parents' place with my brother back in the day. Mm -hmm. Like the form was from the trash, from the sofa, from <laughs> we took every piece oh of form. God, well, no and way. the form pit was packed, you know. So when you land it, it's like uh, super hard. So you don't want to land upside down and everything. And when I moved to South France on Manu Chou's form pit, which was proper cubes, I'm like, if one day I get a chance to ride this form pit, I'll be trying this trick. Oh, the, the backflip the double, back double grab. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, you can land upside down and you'll be safe. Oh, you'll be safe. It's like, uh, it's easy. I'm not even, on, I don't understand why he's not even trying. So you, you tried it on the menu from pit? Yeah. So when he invited me, when we, we met him and, uh, we did a foam pit session, the first thing I tried was the, this trick oh. and I made it. And what do you think he's thinking at this moment when you, when you makes it and he's like, oh, Is, yep, I think he knew we had potential, but he didn't think we were that crazy because he was crazy. 
and my brother as well. And my brother had been trying another trick and we had two world first in, uh, in two days. Oh, wow. And then, so you pulled the backflip double grab in 2007 on dirt. On dirt, yeah. Uh, in Paris, Bercy. Whoa. In Paris, Bercy. And you know, normally when you have a big tricks like this one, like where it was back in the day for the sport, you wait uh, XDM. But we loved Paris, Bercy, Supercross and it was, Our is game with my brother. So yeah. when we show up to Paris Bercy, we had to do a world first. Of course. Yeah. And I was scared. I remember that night. I did it on the Saturday. It's a three nights. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. And I just did it on the, on the Saturday. I'm like, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. Whoa. It was insane. It was, a, uh, the first time I was, uh, really scared and not enjoying stress. It was the beginning of my freestyle career because after I kept this feeling for 12 years, you know what I mean? It's insane, <laughs> huh? Before, because I know some of the tricks you do at competition, even today, you've never done them on dirt. You've done yeah. them on the... And what's, what goes through your head when you are like at the bottom of the eject and about to do something you've never done before in front of a, a massive um, crowd? Fear? It's a strange feeling. It's... um. Like in Bercy, you work as much as you can at home and you, you don't know how to, the track's gonna be. So you know that you have a backup, not doing it. And in. This is not an option though. That's, uh, can be an option, but it, it should not be. <laughs> you just have to work as much as possible because if on the show is the day, you have to be ready. So if you feel like doing it during the show, at least you have been practicing enough. So that's, uh, that's why I never take holidays because the new tricks I get ready on the front pit could be done any shows. So it has to be ready as soon as possible. As soon as possible. So I'm safe as, as much as possible. Whoa. So that's the thing. And I remember in Bercy, I was, we were doing the, 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 the jam, the demo. My brother jumped and came back and I was waiting to jump and I hit him on the shoulder. And I said, look, going. He's like, no way. I just shift gear, look at the ramp, focus. And when I was going, he's like, he called the other guy. I didn't know. He said, look, what he's going to do. And I remember Ronnie Runner, back in the day, I was really riding with him in Bercy. He's like, he cannot do anything else. He just did the biggest art attack flip. Art attack is like the biggest flip seat grab that he ever seen before. Yeah. He said, What else can he do? And I did this and it was like, it was fire. It was crazy. It was fire. It's like, how did it feel inside? Like a volcano? Uh, it's like, you know, when you go for this, even if you've been working on it, you know, you're going to crash. So you have to make up your mind like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to the ground. I'm going to the ground because otherwise you're not going. You have to accept the fact that you can crash, but you're not going to crash because you've been working so much. That's When you go, it's like, um, piloting, I guess, uh, airplane. Everything has to be automatic. You're not thinking about it. You do, not, you do not forget anything of the, the preparation. So the takeoff is natural. Going to the seat is natural. Everything has become natural. You don't even think about it because you're scared and you're losing your mind. Like, I'm getting scared talking about it yeah. because that's the feeling. It's, you know, when you're going to do it the first time, 
everything's gonna be wrong. So it has to be extra perfect home. So you accept the fact you're gonna crash before you even. Yeah. Try. That's what make me going. Wow. That's insane. And like when you first pull it, you are on the motorcycle. The crowd is going crazy. Your friends are going crazy. Yeah. Like what goes through your head at this moment? It's, it must um, be insane. No. The first thing is, which was extra good, extra crazy. It was my first world first. It brought me to the high level of the sport and it's put my name on the top. On the, on the top of the, on the, of the, the game. Sure. You know, so it's, uh, is it the moment you turned pro for you? I was already leaving from the sport because I was already doing some shows and stuff. It's just the moment that, uh, they were not gonna forget my name anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because you were the first doing the, the first doing these tricks. And district. I know that's the, f it was a big, big step in the sport. That's awesome. And then moving on, then 2007, 2008, 2009, you start to innovate. It starts to, to be like. Yeah. And that's from this, it's, um, proved that we were good enough. In 2008, it brought me to the Red Bull Isfarder too. Mm -hmm. So pulling the backflip double grab brings you to, opens you the door of the Red Bull X Fighters the year after. Then it's yeah. kind, it's kind of like playing with big dogs suddenly, huh? It's, uh, yeah, and then my brother, the same day, went for the first flip double knack-knack, which is, you know, a knack-knack is like putting the foot outside of the, the bike, mm -hmm. and it both foot at the same time. Well, it went crazy as well, and we had access to the biggest series of freestyle in the world, and and together. Yeah, insane. Uh, yeah, I remember in Madrid 2008, which is the... Pff, like, uh, Monaco for the F1, you know, yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's the legendary, you, yeah, legendary the show stuff. you have to do is in the, inside this arena. And we were together and we we're stressed and, and we had to go for other world first. So it's to, to the explain, game never stopped. To explain it, the, the arena in Madrid is a bullfight area. Yeah. 18,000 people. 18 more, 20 yeah. to 25, depends. 25 uh, really hot uh, Spanish Spaniard, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, yeah. Is it your favorite event ever? Uh, yeah, I think it's my favorite memory. I, I have some great memories from the win, his game, which is, was important to me as well to have one gold. But Madrid, is has the show has the I remember Travis Pastrana back in the day um, and we have a story with my bro because we've been riding together same time trying trying crazy thing we got this introduction at the beginning of the show you go inside the arena and it's like my favorite movie is a Gladiator you know yeah, yeah, yeah it's exactly the same you see the in the movie like the guy going inside the arena and they were looking at the the crowd and like what is it. Whoa. And it's the same when I went on top of the hill. The first year I got so impressed. And what makes a great show is like if you go again and again and again, you never get used to. Every year you get impressed, but even more because you, the stress sometimes going a bit more down. So you enjoy more and notice a bit more things. Yeah. And then at the end, I was on the top of this. I was looking at everybody. I'm like, wow. Those dudes, those guys have been paying tickets. They're here for a show. So you have your competition, but nobody cares if you win or not. They just want to see tricks. So you got to win the competition for yourself. Think about yourself, but you got to do a great show for them. So if you just do your own run thinking about yourself, they're not going to enjoy. And then that's what makes X-Fighters hard is because 
you have to do the most insane shows and to win at the same time. This is yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's important. And that's how you save the sport as well, because if people buy tickets, you're going to keep on doing the sport for a long time. But if the stadium are empty, it's the, the end of it. So it makes you... Uh want to innovate and bring new tricks all the time, these yeah. kind of things? Because your nickname is uh, El Inventor, El Innovator. I don't remember. El in Innovator? El Inventor. El Inventor. <laughs> We have it here, right here. Because you have invented so many tricks and revolutionized the sport. For the longest time, FMX was, uh, was the backflip game a little bit, you know? In, But I was good at this game. Yeah, you were really good. Be. You were really good at the backflip game. And, uh, for like a few years, you couldn't do backflips anymore. Yeah. What happened with, uh, I'm not sure. I think, um, it became easy. And, uh, if there's no reason of riding, I became to this point in 2008. It was three years of riding, riding a lot with my brother. We had a hard time sometime together, you know, I couldn't handle him. <laughs> That was, that's natural to be on the bike. Ah, uh, the new tricks. And if I didn't see, I didn't know where to go anywhere because nobody was showing me the way anymore. I could do everything they were doing even more. So I got stuck a little bit, stuck on my progression and started to sink. And when you think you get scared because you realize, wow, what you're doing is, uh, is yeah, scary. what I'm doing. Like if I crash now, um, I can get hurt. And one time thinking, got me scared at practice and then I couldn't go anymore. Doing I was flips. shaking. Yeah. I was, couldn't do the flip. I was, and the, I was sort of shaking and, uh, it happened end of 2008. And oh, then so 2000, that was 2009, uh, it depressed me because I had to, to force, uh, to make effort. And I was the first year I was signing with Red Bull. So I had an extra pressure because at the beginning I had no sponsor. Nobody care about me, whatever. And so I could do whatever I want. But then I had this pressure. Red Bull never put any pressure on myself, but you put this pressure I, on yourself. As I told you in Madrid X Fighters, I put an extra pressure yeah. because there's people trusting in me, in myself. End of 2009, I decided to quit. I sold my bike. I had this time only one, not eight or <laughs> four. <laughs> And, uh, we made the deal with Red Bull that it was better to stop. And I went, uh, away. I traveled a little bit. I had my girlfriend back in the day and I quit totally. Was it a happy moment when you quit? No, no it was super, super hard. Like, uh, even when I got back on my bike after, I was still depressed for a long time because it's like not normal for myself to not be able to ride easy and good. So 2009, you quit, like you quit. You, yeah, just... I quit for, I think I didn't ride for more than six months and then, Went back on the bike, but easy. I was not pro anymore for a year. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. And, and when I came back, I found a, a psychologist. And uh, she really helped it me. Like at the beginning, it took me six months to call, to call her. I got the contact from p nice people. And it took me six months to call her because I'm thinking like, I mean, a psychologist is just for crazy people, you know? Like I, when you're 23 years old, you don't don't need anybody to help you. You know, I'm strong. And finally, I realized that uh, I was not strong at all. Maybe strong on the bike, but not on my mind. That's a big difference. And to be a pro athlete, you got to be strong everywhere. 
like uh, physically strong. So you gotta f- train at the gym, you gotta train on the bike, and you gotta train your your brain. For sure. So you see this psychologist for how long? Have I you... mean, I st- we started in together in to- end of 2009 and uh, keep on going a little bit. You at still the begin- see her at the- today? Yes, for sure. Nice. She made me win Madrid four times in a row. Wow, this is incredible. Yeah. So you think, you believe that the mind is as important as the, the body? I think that's the most important thing, yeah. Especially in the sport we're doing, because you need to practice on the bike, but you need an extra effort to make everything happen on the D-Day, like on the, you yeah, know, on yeah, the show, sure. on the show. So yeah, we kept on working. And when I came back to the sport gently in 2010, I was not that good, but Bursi Supercross said, still said, okay, we won the two brothers. And my brother at this time was on it. He, he was, was on fire on at this fire. time. And I was just back on the bike for one or two months and he crashed badly. 2010 was the, the year he tried the front flip in Bercy. Yeah. And, uh, he, 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 he crashed badly. He badly crashed. He, uh, he hurt his head. And you, were, you, you were there? I was there. Did you see I the... knew like when he was going, I was already, <laughs> was going to the to the landing because I knew that something could happen because I know my brother. Oh, so you were on the landing? No, you... no, no. I was behind, but I was on my way. I was expecting to see him turning and coming back. I never saw him, so I'm like, okay, he's on the ground. The best luck, unfortunately for him, it was Bussy Supercross. They have the best doctor in the world right there at the reception. So in a second, he was like in charge and perfectly in the best hand. And without that, if it was the same crash at home, it was it would not be here anymore. You think he would have died? Yeah. Wow. And his crash is terrible. He died on crashing and they got him back. To life? Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. What would you remember what you were thinking at this moment? Just uh, like you don't know. You think it's just a trauma, he just uh, like uh, got knocked out. Like he'd happened already home. Yeah, yeah. And I was just talking to him like, okay. You're gonna get back with Bercy because you know when you got knocked out, you don't remember anything yeah, yeah, for, for sure. like a five, ten, an hour if it's a big, big crash. Yeah, yeah. But so I was already starting this this um process. This process. Yeah. And it was not like before, like you can tell like something changed. Something changed. So and I look at my friend and Danny Torres was already on on tears and he knew right away and it was terrible at the time. Yeah. But the show has to go, to go on. So you don't stop. So I look at the public and <laughs> add this extra helmet because I know in Bercy, like you give everything for people. Yeah. So I was throwing my helmet in the public and pe- people said, okay, maybe Charles made it and this is fine. It's going to be all right. So it passed a little bit of time and it left time to the doctors to keep on going on <laughs> working. Yeah. And at this time, you know, that's, uh, it's not really good, but you don't know. And, uh, they took him out and then he's Paris. So best ambulance, best doctor in five minutes. He was on uh, intensive cares, but yeah, we re- I actually realized because my mom couldn't go in the room and it's like security, two security guard in front. Whoa. Impossible to get in the room. <laughs> and then we were on the corridor waiting, waiting. And we saw this huge bed coming out of the, of the room to go in the ambulance. And two police cops with a motto to take the, the ambulance wow. in the, so you at know, the hospital. So you know it's serious. Yeah, there at was this like point. 
bottle of oxygen on the bed. It was oh the biggest God. bed I ever seen with machine and everything. It's like straight to the to the hospital, Whoa. and he has been staying there for more than a week. And then as like he opened his eyes right after, and like it took him two years to act properly. And after three years, he was writing again. So it's like, wow. That's, yeah. That's insane. Did yeah, it, it changed the way you looked at your sport or? It helped me because the way I saw my brother is like, wow, we can uh, go back a bit from the beginning of the interview. It's like, you know, when someone been showing you the way, taking risk for you, it's like, or you accept it. It's like, it's been stupid or whatever. Or you realize that. In that story, where am I? You know, is that all my life people gonna do things for me and take and uh, taking the risk for me, or am I one day being adult and helping others? Gonna take my responsibility. Exactly. So, so when I went back to my bike the day after, because it was a three-day show in Bercy, so the day after was we had to ride. I spent uh, most of the night at the hospital. Went to bed at four and uh, at you know four a.m. You rode Bercy the next day? The next day, yeah, I rode. And I did uh, my second vault ever to dirt. So In in 2010? Yeah. The, the and year. it was a bit like a... It's, uh, was it it's like, like a this. click? It's at the same time, you know, like you, 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 as you face to the normal thing in life that we all have. Like you have to pay bills. We just bought a house with my brother we are living in. So who's going to pay the bills? Uh, who's gonna write for him? Who's gonna, uh, uh, you know, pay the, the, the truck we just bought for, to travel with and everything. So. There's just normal life issues, but you are riding FMX at some now point. Now so we're riding FMX. So yeah, it's so not like you're not going to the office yeah. on the weekend to do more hours. It's just like you gotta do more tricks. <sighs> and my mom at this time, I think my dad was a bit scared. I think they are still, but <laughs> it's incredibly that's what pushed me, you know? Yeah. It's incredibly empathic from you to like think that at this moment. It's it's crazy. Like it's, you basically write for your brother just, too. And then I was that's angry that I left him going for these tricks that I knew that to myself it didn't work enough. But at this time I couldn't say anything to my brother because he was he he was before his crash, he was still the older brother, the one mm -hmm. to respect So I couldn't say anything to him because you don't tell things to the master, you know? Yeah, of course, of course. And I realized that maybe my way is not the wrong way. Maybe your way is the good way. And now you have, you found your place because you don't have like someone to... Because he was not there. So I could have, I could roll the way I wanted to roll. And that's how it's, I build myself after that. Wow. And this makes you like kind of blow up in the yeah, scene huh? yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah. And my brother, it took a long time for my brother to understand. But then when he saw me winning, winning and winning, he's like, maybe he was not wrong. You it, know, it he accepted. But to accept that, it took him after his crash, it took him maybe three, four years. Yeah. It's hard for, for him to accept that. Okay. Can't ride anymore. And his brother is the way I was thinking was probably the good way. But my way, I think we're all different and probably is not the way it could ride. So it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's just different. It's just different, but it has been a big step in uh, my uh, in your first, career. Yeah, in career for sure. And then you win um, your first uh, X game gold medal in Austin in 2015 with a bunch of runs without backflip, if I'm, I'm right. I think um, Austin was the best trick. Austin was the best trick, was and, the best and, trick. Uh, and you did the, the alley hoop flare on the quarter. Yeah, pipe. yeah. The first year was bike flip. I mean, I tried to learn my boss trick, bike flip and uh, alley hoop. 
there's still tricks that they can do. But the first real freestyle run with no rotation was in Munich is Fighter 2012. 2012, Munich yeah. is Fighter. You did the whole run without backflip. No which, flip. Which is a world first in, uh, in FMX. And no. I feel like if it wasn't for you, FMX would be pretty much dead right now shows because at some point it turned into a backflip show. Yeah, I was going to X Fighters before 2012 and it was just a bunch of guys doing like yeah. flip variation. And at the end of the day, people are getting bored and they want new stuff. And hopefully you came into the scene and, uh, and changed the whole way FMX work. I don't know if you realize that, but that's, that's crazy. Is if something really, yeah, I don't know. Off. It's just, um, I'm actually like, like I told you, I'm, trying to to think about others so i'm like okay if i'm in, in the public what i want to see like you so probably uh, as you i was getting bored of it and uh, i had to find something and my luck <laughs> was that the backflip to me became a problem yeah so finally okay i don't do backflip so i'm gonna work on different stuff because maybe if i had no trouble with the backflip i would have keep, keep on going like the others i know but i feel like it's something uh the 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 top athletes have in common they take a bad situation and they make it good you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, your yeah. brother crash you find your place in the in the sport you can't do backflip anymore fuck it i'm going to do like a like trick without yeah. flips and then like it's win just because everything. i love the sport and there's no way I, I i stop so how can i continue my sport Without flipping. Being scared. <laughs> you know? It's impossible. I'm doing freestyle motocross. I'm scared. I don't really want to take risk anymore. What should I do? Yeah. Well, okay. You cannot be pro because if you don't take risk, you cannot do big tricks. You cannot do, yeah, but I'm still going to do it, you know? And finally, uh, I'm here in Spain with, with yeah. this. You I've done my way. You still, you still scared sometimes thinking about I go, what happened in, uh, in 2013? Did it? change uh, the way you look at FMX after I think I go, I go um, passed away uh, trying uh, to open the line in the in no the... I, I go passed away at home at his place at his place yeah, yeah uh, on the flip he crashed and the bike uh, rebounds and touch him so you know the main risk in motor and freestyle is to uh, is the bike is the bike yeah because we know how to to land with your body and uh like you when you crash, like BMX dot when they crash, you know, if you push the bike away, you're fine. Your own body yeah, is, yeah. you know how to handle this. Yeah. But if, when you have the luck of crashing on your feet, you stand up, but if the bike come back, it's, it's hit you. It's, yeah, it's an issue. So that's how it's, uh, it took him down. It was, it, you were, you were like, that was your homie at contest at this Yeah, point, yeah, or? we were super friends and especially me and my brother, we really loved him. He was older than us and, uh, we looked up at him as he's Japanese is super respectful. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the Japanese culture. That's, I have, I discovered through, through this guy. And yeah, he, it was, uh, it was a hard moment, but it didn't change anything for the, the way you look at the sport after that. The way, I, uh, when my brother crashed and I keep on going saying like, okay, we are on the same we're doing the same thing. It's like it's somebody crash. You got to keep on riding for him and uh not stopping. And when Ego crashed, I mean, it be everything become easier pretty much. It's crazy to say that, but I'm like, listen, my friend, like you're up there now. 
I'm going to push even more. So if I crash, I'll be with you. That's how uh, I, I saw things back in the day. Wow, this is yeah. incredible. So and that's, that's, that's been helping a lot. To yeah. Me. So you ride for yourself, but also for the others. Yeah, because and there, there was this moment that I wasn't scared anymore. After Ego's passed yeah, away? Yeah. Because it's, you were like... Because he has been showing me the way. Like it's, I'm not scared anymore. You've done it. So if tomorrow I'm with you... I'm not alone. And I remember the show you put on this year, the X Fighters after Ego passed away. You were wrapping the Ego yeah. shirt and you, you won that comp competition by, by a mile. I remember I was in the crowd and that was like a touching moment for me. The way you were like representing your friend and the way you were riding fearless and like flawless and you were just like on fire that night. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Huh? Um, you know, it's, My brother crashed has been a, a huge step, maybe into my freestyle career as well. It's, it's sad to say that, that it's helped me. It's but, great uh, that it helped you. And Ego's crash probably uh, helped me because I wanted to do even better for them, for their legacy, you know. And, uh, even more because I was carrying his, uh, his, uh, his soul, kind yeah, of. Yeah, his soul. Like his, I was riding his jersey. I was, uh, And I remember that's there, like, uh, my friend Joshian was there and I, every, because I had anger, every lender I was screaming. Like, it's like, there was no way that could have happened. Why? Why him? Like, you know, those question. Like, because we all, like, unfortunately lost people we love and mm -hmm. like, so you, you know, like this, this anger you have on the moment and it's the why, the why yeah, moment. The why. Yeah. And I was screaming and he's like, sort of laughing like why are you doing this oh, man i'm i'm angry man that's what give me the the, the, the that power that that's, night that's power and, yeah, yeah and yeah. when you won it was incredible no like it was for him only for yeah. him and i remember like you know you the money you earn it was like i said to red bull i don't want it it's just for my body it's just for to help Ego's wife so it's uh yeah, yeah yeah so man, all the earnings you got from the yeah, ex-fighters you send it to, we, to Ego's wife like I'm sure that anybody who would have won this competition the week after he passed away would have done that. So just, uh, he would have done the same for me. We, oh, this is incredible. Yeah. This is, it's just, um, this is even more incredible that you didn't really tell that story in the, never, uh, never. never. Yeah. I don't say, I don't mind. I just like, no, but you know, when like, like really rich people give money, they make sure that, uh, the people know that they give money and the fact that you did it kind of low key like that makes yeah. it even like, so that's so sick dude that's insane so after like 2013 it's x games medal and um and uh you winning madrid four times and it's kind of like blowing up but it doesn't come without a lot of work and you just <laughs> moved uh two years or three years ago to spain when, yeah. when did you move to spain i moved to spain i think two years ago uh yeah i wanted my own place I wanted to be even better because I knew that's on the track I was before I couldn't express myself the way I wanted to because it was not my own place. Because when you have to drive every morning to the riding place, you're losing time. Um, you cannot have the machine on the site, on site. So you cannot, uh, have to practice straight, yeah, straight away, like rebuild the track you want to be and everything. So I, I knew that's being here. I could do great. I mean, 
I've done some good stuff, but it was not good enough. So, and since I'm here, I think I progressed again. It's insane the amount of work you, you put in. There is no such yeah. thing as progression or like a sport progression without, you know, young kids getting involved in the sport. What would be the ultimate advice to like a young uh, kid that want to get into FMX? Well, I think it's at first is the, in freestyle, we're missing a bit young. A younger generation. Yeah, younger generation for sure. You would you, would you have some young kids coming to your compound and I, practice? I think I, I would. Like it's a, you, you need kids that really enjoy riding because I, I noticed that if you force and if someone force you, there's a moment you, you won't go anymore mm -hmm. because your brain, your mind is going to stop you. So for sure, parents, as I would say, different sport, we can see when the parents really pushing the kids. Yeah, like tennis or whatever. They're like, yeah. It cannot happen into freestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you probably start older when you really know what you want to do, when you really like it, when you buy yourself or against yourself. Mm -hmm. Now that I have this compound, everything ready, I'm thinking that one day I can have kids around. Like a school? My, yeah, with my brother, like helping kids. Because when I'm going to stop... Uh, it's, I don't want it to, to die, you know, like the, this place and, um, has to live again. And uh, I don't want uh, the way I practice, the effort I put on is super hard to have people around and help others. So it's a bit selfish, but no matter what, I couldn't have this not do it being the way I am, you know? Yeah. I couldn't have an airbag, couldn't have that big front bit like this because that's cost money. You got to win for this. So I'm thinking that, okay, I'm going to do, a few more years and then it would be time for others, you know, to pass the torch. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully we, um, the bike gonna be, uh, changing, being more quiet. So we can, we could maybe go to closer to cities, touching more kids, you know, with the electric bike, huh? with the electric bike yeah. and things like this. So, so the, the sport is f on full evolution. We see the e-bike now. Yeah. That's getting super powerful, super light. So we, maybe in the future, we have the track super close to cities. That's, we can have more kids because now we're only touching kids like living, uh, outside of city. But maybe one day we would be easier to, to do freestyle, you know, mm -hmm. and cheaper. Great. You told me in a, in a funny way that you don't like holidays, but yeah. Don't you think a, a break is good sometimes? And we, unfortunately, we have some break that we don't really want sometimes. It's like injuries. Yeah. And I think those injuries is already holidays. It's been two, more than two months now that I'm out because, because of my foot. And, uh, when I'll be back, uh, just no time for holidays anymore. Yeah. You know, I'm late. So like the when you train is leaving, <laughs> when you take a holiday, it's like forced holidays. Yeah. 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 And, I'm living the good life for sure. Like having a break, everybody would tell you that it's important to recover and everything, but I'm living the best life and that's, I could ever dreamed of. So why going away from it? <laughs> you know, when, when, yeah, when you say the train is leaving, you think FMX is progressing uh, faster than before? I don't know if it's progressing, but I don't want it to progress without me. I've done too much work, too much effort to, to leave the others catching up. To give a, a little uh, idea of the listener, what, what is a traditional day for you? Just to give you an idea, Tom lives in a, in the middle of nowhere in Spain and has like 20 acres of, uh, 
training compound with a, a ram that leads to a, a foam pit. So it's a, a bag full of foam where he can practice his trick safely. Then he has the same ram set up to a airbag, the same ram set up to a resi, which is a, a thin mattress and the same ram set up to dirt. And then you spend your days from like morning to night, yeah. jumping on foam and trying to learn new trick. Yeah, yeah. Can you get me a bit through your like daily routine? I mean, more I'm getting old, more I practice because more I think more I need to repeat. And uh, because of this place here, I can repeat even more because everything is perfect. Normal day, um, if I don't have to fix too much stuff <laughs> because it's a lot of maintenance, you know, big track would start, um, I'm getting up every morning whatever the the day is at seven so it can be weekend uh, after after going out after anything you do it has to be seven otherwise i don't like mm. i'm eight maximum in the garage uh trying to fix the bike and everything see if it's winter you gotta wait a little bit to the rem to to dry from the humidity and uh, the water and everything but before his game like this summer i was at 8 30 on the bike finished at 11 then uh if i have time i do a cold bath for uh, your legs to recuperate yeah yeah, yeah. and uh i would eat i would sleep because you learn sleeping and you recover faster so it's important to to have a break and try to sleep during the day during the day during the day yeah, spanish, yeah. Siesta. <laughs> spanish siesta but actually really worked because the way you can learn what uh what you try to do every day it's sleeping that's how your mind is. It's muscle memory. Up. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, muscle memory is incredible. And then I would start again to ride, uh, on the evening, two hours. So it's, uh, but be- before that, I have to work with, uh, the machine. So in general, it's foam pit session in the morning and airbag session, uh, in the afternoon. And when everything is perfect, I go to, to the, so if it, everything is perfect and if I don't have to, the time to do it at night, it's the first thing I do in the morning. So that's how I unfortunately crashed this year. It's uh, maybe too early, maybe tired. And uh, yeah, eight in the morning, straight on the bike, straight crash. <laughs> but uh, I ride every day, never do stop. You en- do you enjoy like doing that much work? I've, I've read somewhere that you say, uh, like, I go through hell when I'm home. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, at home, I'm living hard life. But at the same time, that's how... I accept the fact that I practice that much. It's because I do so much effort that I cannot go back anymore because otherwise I would be depressed. It's because if I, if I don't do well at the competition with the amount of work, it gets me depressed and I'm not happy. And, uh, you know, so it's, uh, it never stop. It never stop. It has no end. It's like a, a virtuous or a vicious circle. It depends it's, the way you yeah, look at it. It's, but it, it's like addiction. Your your stock. It's, it's your like a sickness. Right you know what no? I mean? It's, my, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like OCD. Yeah. yeah. It's um, my brand now. It's I decided to stop doing this when I was going to win X game, and I did it, and now it has to happen again, and probably I would stop. What's but, yeah? What's the ultimate goal? Where does this all end? I probably if next year I bring the performance of riding, I have thinking about. It could be the end of those, those sort of OCD, like, uh, non-life. Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah. Because like to, to give a, 
people a little bit of an insight. You have your friends, nuts, that has been helping you uh, every day, like for the yeah. for the everyday stuff and to take care of the track and leaving you out of the the foam pit and helping you. But it's it's pretty. It's, I mean, it's pretty lonely in. Yeah, 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 yeah. But being lonely is uh, really, is helping. It's helping because having fun around and and, and stuff get distracted, and uh, at the same time you can take time off. So I'm trying to be alone. That's the only thing. It's uh, I have to. I have. You so must less, do that. Less and... thing you have in life, less thing you can do. So no distractions is better for you. Yeah. And yeah. then so Nobody like you. Home. You were gonna put that crazy performance you want to this year at X Games, but like you crash a few a week before, so like you're gonna take another year full of practice, yeah, and then try to pull that dream run again, yeah, and then that that would give you the option to kind of stop your competition career. Like you said, maybe uh, um, that would give me the opportunity. I'm not sure of changing the way, like. Now that I found my way in freestyle, which is innovation, I could, I know how to do that. I want to learn different things now. So I can go and start, keep on going innovation, new tricks and everything. But I know this. So I want to go swap to more, um, video project, which as I have a few crazy ideas that I hope will come to reality, yeah, yeah. uh, soon, but it has to be crazy. So. A bit, uh, is it worth it when you when you think uh, in a pragmatic way you've invested so much money in your park or do you call that your training compound yeah whatever you your mean. training compound like we, we were at the foam pit earlier and you, i grabbed a, a piece of foam in my hand and i told you how much is that and you told me it's a little bit less than one euro and you have thirty thousand pieces of foam in your foam pit so only the foam in your foam pit is thirty thousand euros yeah how much do you think you've invested uh, in wow. your training compound I don't want a, a number like maybe no, but just it's a... just to know like it's sometimes I'm spending half of what I earn a year into my progression. Whoa! So you're spending well. This is amazing. You're spending half of the money you make into your progression. Yeah, this is Always. incredible. Like it's uh, spending it all because after I need to leave, I need to eat, I need to yeah. pay the bills, and then I don't have much left. But I don't mind. I would be, I would regret more if I was not doing it. So I, I have to, to make my, uh, my ideas to reality. It's insane. It makes me think of, uh, you know, this, uh, religious people that goes to, uh, isolation to like uh, give their faith to, to some kind of God. And you, like, you give your, your soul and your faith to FMX. Yeah. It's, but it's, uh, it's worth good. it. It's good. It's, it's good. This <laughs> is amazing. I mean, look at them. FMX gave me that, like that's property, uh, this interview, man, I have the chance of, to know you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to know others, like that's as sick as you. Traveling. Like, traveling, seeing the entire world, having Japanese friends. <laughs> that's, uh, if I had a proper job, I would do not do everything, yeah. you know? You, if, if I you had to do it all over again, you would do it exactly the same way? <laughs> That's a good question. When I'm full on practice every day and that's life is not that easy, I'm thinking that I wouldn't do it again. Now, and I really realized, I think getting older, it's, yeah, I would do it again. Different. I would do it better. Yeah. Yeah. 
for sure <laughs> what like but it's, what would uh, you do like you have maybe one thing you would do better you're like ah oh, i fucked it up that one time i want to do it better i missed uh, x fighters 2012 in sydney crashing the series and i got 2013 i missed 2014 and 2015 and i would win everything if i had to change it I and know. i know how to but because now it's past but it's uh Yeah, it's it's easy thinking. You know, there is rumor that uh, X-Fighters is coming back. <laughs> Man, I should not say it, but uh, maybe, yeah, it's coming back. So that's why next year, you know, we don't have the Olympic game in Moto, so I'm expecting for X-Fighters to come back. It's your Olympic Games, X-Fighters? Yeah, that is the Olympic game. And uh, and we're going to see new tricks from Tom Pages at the if X-Fighters. If they're coming back, hey... <laughs> And if it's my last one, it will have to be insane. Trust me. The cherry on the cake? Yeah, the entire cake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did I, did I miss anything? Yeah, you missed the buggy ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, did you, did you want to talk about like something else? I think maybe? you went, uh, you went through a lot. My life is not that crazy. Your life is crazy, dude. Man, it's, uh, it is absolutely insane. <laughs> but it's good. Man, you've done a good job. All the questions and everything, like to know everything about my life. Man, it's, it's good because I didn't remember half of the question. I love what you said. This is good. It's good work. But good job. crazy stuff when even out of, uh, your bike, like we went to ride the buggy yesterday. You were just freaking out. You told me you want to do a, a cliff diving platform in your garden. You always do like, crazy shit like this all the time or you're like normal sometimes playing ping pong I mean I like ping pong but I lost the ball so we cannot play anymore <laughs> <laughs> the thing is like when freestyle give you a little bit of fun of adrenaline the, no? uh, adrenaline I wouldn't say the word because it's an addiction yeah. it's hard to have fun doing different stuff so Thanks, Red Bull. So because of you guys, I met uh, the Soul Flyers, Vince and Fred, yeah. and now I can uh, enjoy going skydiving. <laughs> you guys skydiving with them, and um, I have a uh, thanks Yamaha because uh, now I have a road bike and I go to uh, to the biggest track and go at uh, full speed. I love this and uh, the buggy. If I have a little bit of spare time, like maybe once every three months, one afternoon, it has to be. Something crazy, skydiving, crazy uh, yeah. and a bit stupid. This is amazing. Yeah, well, and uh, well, that's why I enjoy. Tom, thank you so much. It was thank so you, like it was an honor to get to interview you, dude. Thank you very much. Thank you very much and for the, being here. Yeah, for being so honest and yeah, killed it. <laughs> wow, that was definitely one of my favorite episodes of the season so far. Thank you so much for listening to the Decoding Athlete podcast. My personal takes away from our conversation with Tom are that there is no shortcut to success. If you want something, just work hard for it. Spend the hours, spend the money, and you're gonna get it. It was also amazing to hear that when his brother crashed, it kind of like let him free and helped him to be himself. When his friend Ego passed away, it was incredible to see that he overcame it and rode X-Fighters for him and won it and just gave all of his money to Ego's family and incredible conversation. Thank you so much, Tom, for that. Now it's your turn. What's your personal takeaway from the interview? You can share it with the hashtag DecodingAthletes on Instagram and don't forget to tag me so I can see it. 
It was uh, an incredible couple of days with Tom. Uh, we got to hang out in his crazy uh, riding compound, driving his buggy, jumping it actually. I was so scared. Uh, we shot some guns. Uh, he showed me his $50,000 foam pit and more. And you can watch all of that in the vlog that's now online on my YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes. Tune in next time when I meet with French surfer Justine Dupont. We spent two days in Nazaré, every surfer's paradise in Portugal. Justine is a surfing legend. She became world champion at just 15 and she's won pretty much everything you can think it's possible on the board. She qualified for the Olympic and she's now the woman that surfed the biggest wave ever on the surfboard. She's working with boyfriend Fred, towing her into the biggest wave you can ever imagine. That's a crazy relationship. Let's hear some short insights. I didn't even question myself about stopping or going slower or not. No, it's not possible. If you want to do it, you need to do it. He's a guy, so I cannot do it. She's a girl, so I have to do what she does. No, she tries to take the best. The next episode with Justine will drop next Wednesday at 6 p.m. CET. Don't miss that one out and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. It was my pleasure to have you on Decoding Asleep today. Thank you guys for listening and see you next Wednesday. Bye! Decoding Athletes with Matthias Dondois is a production of Maniac Studios for Red Bull Media House.